From the game gurus at Snakes and Lattes, you're listening to the Snakes Cast, a proud member of the Dice Tower Network. From Snakes and Lattes, Toronto's premier board game cafe, this is the Snakes Cast, a weekly podcast where the game gurus of Snakes and Lattes discuss what it is about games that make them worth playing. With your host, Jonathan Moriarty. Welcome to the Snakes Cast, everyone. Uh, unfortunately, this is the last time that we're going to be joined by uh, award-winning game designer Eric Lang. Greetings and salutations. Uh, however, you may see Mr. Colin Young again. Hello, hello. If you're lucky. <laughs> and uh, today we're going to talk about, okay, this sounds really complicated, but don't run away. Uh, the theme for what we're talking about today is the integration of theme and mechanics. These are two words that, generally speaking, the uninitiated and those new to games would not think to uh, actually associate with board games at all. So, uh, guys, help me out here. Colin, what are mechanics, and why would they be relevant to a game that you play on a tabletop? Uh, Mechanics are pretty much just the different actions, the different things that go on in a game. So if you take an example like Settlers, rolling a die, that is a mechanic, you're generating something. Exchanging cards, that whole system of trading and resource management, that is a mechanic. Placing your units on the board, determining placement, that is also a mechanic. Charging rent and monopoly. Bingo. Something like that. Okay, so theme. Eric, what is theme, and why would it appear in a tabletop game and not just in a book by Tolstoy? Uh, so theme is the metaphor of the game. Uh, where, where is the game taking you? What is the game representing? Uh, what part of real life or fantasy is the game representing? What uh, narrative elements of the game are informing the play? So this is Example. a game about this is a game about uh, fighting fires. Uh, uh, called Flashpoint. Sure, Flashpoint um, Fire. You guys are all fi- you guys are all firefighters trying to rescue people before a building burns down. That's the, that is the theme, and of course, in the board game sense, that's already started to explain a little bit what the gameplay is going to be like. Okay, so the theme can also uh, help you to understand the mechanics then, in some ways. Almost integration. <laughs> and exactly. That's, it's the integration of mechanics and theme that we're going to talk about this week. That's what we're about. So obviously not every game needs to have a theme. You know, party games, for example. Uh, some of the most popular games at the cafe, games like Cranium, Apples to Apples, Balderdash. There's no theme there. They don't need it. Uh, you have abstract games like Checkers or Connect Four. There's no theme there. You, you are actually trying to put Checkers in a row to make four in a row. That is Connect Four. That is the theme. Uh, and then there are traditional games like poker or bridge. There's there's no theme there. You're just trying to win money or to uh, or to make your contract. Um, trivia games often have a theme, like the Friends trivia game or the Office trivia game or the Law and Order trivia game, the Sex and City trivia game. But they don't really integrate the mechanics into it. The uh, the mechanics are, the mechanics of a trivia game go like this. Here's a question. Do you know the answer? If yes, you're closer to winning. If no, your turn is over, and the next player goes. That's the mechanics. And that really doesn't have anything to do with sitcoms or uh, sports or movies or anything like that. But, uh, but the, so they don't really integrate mechanics into theme. But some of the games that you know and love, some of the most popular ones uh, from, from, uh, of all time, do have themes. Games like Monopoly, theme is real estate. Clue, theme is a murder mystery. Uh, the Game of Life, theme is sort of a biography. So what we're going to talk about is how games that have a theme integrate the theme into its mechanics and how and why that's good and how it works. Okay, so uh, why is it important for theme and mechanics to work together? Why not just make a good game and slap a good theme on there? And it's like, well, it's it's a good game and it's a good theme, so why is that not enough? Well, so it's not always, it's not always of paramount importance that they always have to go exactly together. But But like in trivia games, for instance. Like in trivia games, for instance. But 
um, for the most part, if uh, theme and mechanics, if, if if you're if the mechanics of your game give you a per, like work with the metaphor of your uh, of your theme, it adds to immersion. It does take you. It takes you away to that other place. Um, and so, like when you're playing Flashpoint Fire Rescue, right? It helps you, you guys. You feel a little bit like firefighters. It's not like it's, you're not putting on you're, you're not putting on fire suits and getting into the station, but you get a little bit of a taste of what it's like. Um, and the other big part is that um, if theme and mechanics are well integrated, the game is actually easier to learn. You can use the theme to explain how the game plays in an intuitive way, rather than having to understand just mechanics. That's a big help for us, obviously, mm -hmm. at Snakes and Lattes. I mean, uh, you mentioned Flashpoint. Mm -hmm. you know, even people who, generally speaking, aren't interested in playing a game that's going to have a strong theme, even if they're not interested in immersing themselves in an imaginary world at all, Mm -hmm. uh, when you bring out a game about firefighters, they immediately, oh, that's a fire token, I have to put that out. Yep. Yeah, there's this... The, the theme to me makes the game more interesting to play, or at least makes the mechanics more interesting to play. I, I can play something like Go or Snakes games like Quarto and Corridor mm -hmm. and enjoy those as mental exercises and trying to be more clever or have more foresight than my opponent. Sure. But if I were playing something like Flashpoint, then I can let myself be immersed into this abstract mechanic because there are consequences. This this house will burn down, and if the house burns down, we lose, and this family loses their home, and there's all this, like, there's a reason to do it that's above and beyond, I'm smarter than you, Bill. Just trying to win, yeah. yeah. Right. Well, in, in designer lingo, um, when, when I'm talking shop with, like, well, my designer friends, uh, one a famous, uh, or sorry, a popular saying we have is that uh, theme makes the medicine go down nicer. Right, and we, we we do tend to we do tend to think of mechanics as medicine because in uh, in our end of the industry, which is not quite as casual, uh, say as snakes, but mm -hmm. there are a lot of people in the hobby game industry uh, who are they're they're science fiction fans, they're fantasy fans. There's a there's a big part of their psyche that wants to that wants their entertainment to take them away. I'm firmly in that camp, so I totally relate. Right, they want. They, they want their um, the game playing experience, consciously or not, to just to transcend moving guys on a on a board, and so the um, I'm sorry, you were gonna say? No, I was gonna. I, I agree. The idea there is you have an escapism that isn't passive. You have an right. escapism where you are actively part of what's going on, and you are crafting the story as it goes along, rather than watching a movie or watching a show. You feel more right. involved when you get to make choices that are actually going to have something to do with who lives and who dies. Right. Or how things turn out. Right. So, people, people relate better to, they do relate better to stories and, to stories and narrative than they do to abstract ideas. Absolutely. So, uh, alright, speak, okay, Colin, pop quiz, here we go. Mm. Teach me how to play Monopoly without any reference to the theme at all. Go ahead. Well... <laughs> of course, you can't tell me that I have money. Because it's not money. Well, money's not really that important in Monopoly. <laughs> <laughs> and the houses aren't really that critical. No, they're just they're just blocks. Just put them there. In designer lingo, we go roll your die, move your mouse. <laughs> roll your dice, move your mouse. That's right. Uh, you know, you lose some of your energy if you land in these things, but you can also lose some of your energy to control an area which doesn't have a name uh, but it does have a color and if you collect all the areas of the same color you can put blocks on them which mean that other players lose more energy and you gain energy if they land on them 
um, is... Sounds like a really bad Facebook game. Are they... <laughs> so I don't know if you're describing a game about psychic vampires, or if you're just... <laughs> I'm very confused, but I want to play it. But at the same time, I never want to play it. Thing is, you know, it's Ventnor Avenue. You can buy it for this price. You can build houses on it and charge people rent when they land on it. Oh! I get it. So, integration of mechanics and theme. It works. The card called Get Out of Jail Free? <laughs> no do explanation I, do required. Do I have to pay for it? <laughs> where, where do I go? There's a lot of things that that doesn't really answer. Deep thoughts. <laughs> okay, so Monopoly actually does a fairly good job of integrating these things. Um, Eric, what are, some other, what are some examples of games that don't do so well at that? And why do they fail? Well, I'll tell you about the one that really bothers me, because it's a game I really, really like. Uh, one of my favorite games is uh, Ra by Reiner Knizia. Uh, one of my favorites, too. You're building an Egyptian empire, you're scoring points for technology and um, building monuments and having lots of pharaohs and lots of land and stuff. Sure, if only the gameplay actually was like that. <laughs> <laughs> you, those things are technically true. It's, uh, they are technically true, but the, um, the theme, the, the game is themed on ancient Egypt, mm -hmm. uh, and which is a, a hugely resonant theme to a lot of people. Even, like, no matter how much you actually know about ancient Egypt, it automatically conjures images in your head. And it's so cool. Right? And it's so cool. I find, but the, the game itself is a, the game itself is a, is, is, it's a little risk management, flip a tile, do I want to flip another tile and then auction for it to see what, uh, to get the best package of stuff and the greatest package of points. It's, it's a really, really cool game, and it has drama, and has all the great stuff in it, but the theme just distracts me all the time. All the time. I, like, I, guess, it, I guess pharaohs probably don't really feel like that. If, well, you're not grabbing... You feel more like a contestant on a game show. Exactly than, uh, right. Uh, and in fact, I rethemed that game to play with my group as a game show. <laughs> For fabulous prizes! Exactly right. So, uh, Colin, can you think of any examples of games that you've played that just where the theme and the mechanics really didn't go together at all? Um... I tend to be most critical of a lot of licensed properties, and I don't mean a mm. game uh, that that does something original with it, but if you have kind of a base mechanic, look at Monopoly, and then you slap something on top of that. We get right. to play Star Wars Monopoly, or Catopoly, <laughs> or whatever your whatever kind the of whole thing, thing about buy. buying properties and paying rent kind of makes sense when it's real estate not so much when it's cats not yep. so much and there there are other games that people hold in high regard that I can't always submerge myself into like roll through the ages which feels mm. like you're building this giant civilization but you're playing Yahtzee to build your giant <laughs> civilization and I try to think of the dice rolling as the doom of Zeus but it just no <laughs> ain't gonna happen I really like roll through the me ages too, it's, it's a fascinating the, design and game but the I just can't I, the yeah. theme doesn't link up so uh, what about games where it works really well where you absolutely feel like you are immersed in this and where the mechanics support the theme well, so since I picked on poor Reiner Knizia, I would like to pick on an, uh, another game of his uh, called Lord of the Rings Confrontation, uh, which <laughs> I think is an is absolute triumph. That uh, may be my favorite two-player game of all time. It's try. fantastic. So I really hope it comes back into print sometime soon. Lord of the Rings Confrontation is based on a. Uh, it's based on the idea that the uh, it, uh, that Frodo. It's it's a tiny little thirty-minute game where Frodo has to get the One Ring into Mount Doom, and the and the dark side has to dark side. <laughs> and the, the the nine riders have to kill him, um, and it's it plays a little bit like Stratego, but part of the, the reason it works so well is because you're wandering through you're wandering through this board, and they don't you don't know who you're running into, they don't know who they're running into it, that until you bump into each other. Until you bump into each other, 
and the um, the abilities on all the uh, on all the characters are so flavorful. They they're so resonant. They, Gandalf really feels like Gandalf because he knows what you're gonna do. He knows what you're gonna do, uh, right? Like uh, dwarf the 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 dwarf. Gimli kills the orcs automatically. Because right? he Mary, hates orcs so much. Mary yeah. kills the Witch King. Uh, spoiler alert. Sorry. <laughs> oh, damn it. <laughs> the Flying Nazgul can jump to any space on the board because he can fly. Right, and so it's the interaction between, the, it's not only the interaction between the, the the guys themselves, but it's how you maneuver around and the, even the table talk that you make while you're playing the game, mm -hmm. right? Yep. Like, I will find you, Frodo, and the, it, it feels, it really transports you there in a little 20, 30 minute package. And it's, mm -hmm. it's not a complicated game to teach either. Nope. Oh, love that one. <laughs> how about you, Colin? Uh, well, it's, uh, I think we mentioned Game of Thrones earlier. We did. The, the one that I was going to mention as far as theme is uh, another game that we've talked about, uh, Battlestar Galactica. Mm. Uh, it's absolutely one of my all-time favorite games for thematic inclusion because the, the mechanics are very straightforward. It's not a complex game by any stretch of the imagination, but the entirety of the game is in how you talk to people. It is how you don't talk to people. And those things, the way you talk to them and don't talk to them, are informed by the theme. And everything is just working towards that paranoia, which is the entire, like, that's the subtitle of the show, Battlestar Galactica, Paranoia. There you go. That's what the entire, <laughs> that's the theme of that show, and that's the theme of that game. I, I've played very few games that do it as well as that. Colton is sucking up, by the way, because he is a Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> what? That's what a Cylon would say, Eric. <laughs> Thank you very much for listening, ladies and gentlemen. We hope you have enjoyed this introduction to the way theme and mechanics can work together either at cross-purposes or to sing together and make beautiful music. Come on into Snakes and Lattes. We'll introduce you to some of this stuff. Till then, I'm Jonathan Moriarty with Eric Lang and Colin Young. Game, Game on. on. Goodbye and hello, as always. <laughs> and thanks for listening. We'll have a new Snakes cast for you every week at snakesandlattes.com. In the meantime... You can follow us through your favorite social networking sites, such as Facebook and Twitter, or best of all, meet our gurus in person at Snakes and Lattes in Toronto. Until then, this is P.T. Douglas. Game on.